Well, welcome to week three of Is That in the Bible? And as we've done in the previous two weeks, we're going to start with a quiz. Um, Look at the screen. We're going to put five sayings up there. And um, you take a minute to look at them and decide which one is a literal word-for-word quote from the Bible. You got it figured out? So let's look at these briefly. The eyes are the window to the soul. The closest thing we find in Scripture would be Matthew 6, where Jesus says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for the body. Kind of somewhat, not really. Is that a quote? Uh, the exact phrase, eyes are the windows to the soul, is from Shakespeare, not Scripture. How about the seven deadly sins, wrath, greed, sloth, pride, lust, envy, and gluttony? I found credit for these given to a 4th century monk, to a 6th century pope, but not in the scriptures. You won't find them listed as such in 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 a list of offenses that way. They have been a part of particularly Catholic teaching for centuries, but they're not in Scripture as a list. If God brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. You heard that? I found several places that gave credit for this statement to Robert C. Crowder of Robert C. Crowder Ministries. It's only a few years old, seven or eight years old. That far back did somebody start really saying this and repeating it, and I started hearing it occasionally. Of course, there are multiple scriptures that might hint at parts of that. Um, Not a scripture quote. Moderation in all things. The essential thought of that phrase is found in the work of a Greek poet. 700 B.C., it goes back that far, where Hesiod wrote, Observe, do measure, moderation is best in all things. So that's, that's the best we can come with that one. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Well, you can find that in the book of Exodus, chapter 21, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 24, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 19, as part of the Mosaic law given to the people, the guidance there. And then, of course, Jesus quotes that and makes reference to that in the Sermon on the Mount in the New Testament. But where Jesus mentioned it, it's a call that takes us beyond this idea of justice and calls us to respond with mercy and self-sacrifice. So, did everybody get an A this morning? The quiz went well, you got it? I'm sure you did. You're a sharp group. I know you nailed it. What about our phrase for this morning? Topic for just a few minutes. God helps those who help themselves. Doesn't that sound so good? According to George Barna, who does research in the, in the church and faith-related issues, 75% of Americans, including 68% of born-again Christians, agree with that statement. Not necessarily that they agree that it's in Scripture, but they agree with the statement. It's one of those things that is quoted as though it's Scripture. So where does it come from? Do you know? Not from the Bible. 
comes from Poor Richard's Almanac by Benjamin Franklin, right? And actually, he adapted it from, from an Aesop's fable. So it uh, has been quoted a lot, maybe quoted as though it's scripture, but it is not scripture. The purpose of it, again this week, to help us think about what we really communicate that we believe about God when we say statements like, God helps those who help themselves. Are we saying that God only helps those who help themselves? I mean, wouldn't that create a massive sense of self-importance and self-focus if that were the case? Wouldn't it make us focus on what we need to do rather than what God already is doing? Make us a lot more self-dependent for everything. Because the inference is this. We have to do all we can possibly do so that God will help us. If we don't do all we can possibly do, God won't help us. Is that what we mean to communicate by that phrase? That makes our faith much more about us than about our Lord and our trust in Christ. And then I wonder, would there be a group who would say, kind of in a prideful way, I'm plenty strong enough to help myself. I'm not even sure I really need God because I got this. I'm good. Well, would God not help them at all because uh, they're helping themselves too much? Would they be too dependent on their own strength and think they just don't need God's power in their life? I mean, I expect there are a lot of us who have had those moments where we thought, we're handling things just fine ourselves. God, I'll, I'll get back with you when I really need you. Is that what we want to communicate when we make a statement like that? And then what about those people who cannot help themselves? Those who are too weak or helpless or hopeless and simply don't have it within them to do what it takes to help themselves. Whether that's physically or emotionally or spiritually. And you know, at any given time, that could be any of us who feel too weak to help ourselves because we're lonely, we're hurting, we're grieving. Maybe we're seriously ill, we're struggling with sin, we're broken in some way, and we simply do not have it within us to help ourselves. Any of us could find ourselves in that situation. Does that mean if we can't help ourselves, God's not going to help us? I mean, we can keep going, but understand the, the, the essence of that quote comes out something like this. If you work hard and take care of your business, God will intervene when necessary. Is that what we want to communicate? Is that what we believe about our Lord? So let's look at some scriptures together. I've got several short ones I want to share with you to teach us, to remind us what God really is like and how God responds to those 
who need the Lord's help. Psalm 28, 6 and 7. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. He helps me. Not he helps those who help themselves. He helps me. Psalm 37. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Again, help given, received, celebrated from God in times when we're helpless, helpless, not when we help ourselves. Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Multiple verses about God helping because we can't, not because we've helped ourselves, so now we deserve God's help. That's not the point. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul says, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. In weakness, not in our ability to help ourselves. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. This one may sound familiar to a lot of you, Isaiah 40. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Humans are described as weary and weak, not able to help themselves. In contrast, God is described as everlasting, never growing tired or weary. Again, no sense of we have to help ourselves. God does the work in us, for us. And finally, Romans chapter 5, verse 6. While we were still helpless, while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Again, we're described as helpless. But Christ is our help, our hope. So we hear through these verses, God obviously helps way more than just those who help themselves. I don't know that there's anything wrong with helping ourselves, being willing servants and responsible stewards of, of our lives and our bodies and our resources and all that God's given us. But understand, God helping us doesn't depend on our faithfulness. God's help and ministry in our lives is totally dependent on God's faithfulness. So what we hear in these verses is that God helps way more than those who help themselves. God helps the hopeless, the helpless, the weak, the struggling. I mean, the reality is we cannot really help ourselves in regard to anything that matters. The last scripture from Romans reminds us 
This is true especially in regard to our salvation. We are, we were helpless to do anything about our salvation. We can't save ourselves. You remember in John chapter 3, the interaction between Nicodemus and Jesus. And Jesus says, you must be born again. Nicodemus understood the concern there, knowing we can't birth ourselves all over again. We can't make ourselves born again. It has to be the work of God who helps those who cannot help themselves. So the reality of the statement, God helps those who help themselves, is that it seems to stand in direct opposition to the scriptural concept of grace. Grace, God's help, God's love, God's mercy, God's mercy offered to all who cannot possibly help themselves. That's us. That's all of us. Not just for our salvation, but for a sustained, growing, healthy life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. We cannot make ourselves be that. We cannot help ourselves by any means into a healthy Growing life in Christ. Yes, I understand. We can be faithful followers. We can place our trust in the Lord. But the work of maintaining, changing, growing, maintaining us as spiritually healthy followers of Christ is the work of God in us, not because of any work we've done. We cannot help ourselves. That is offered by God through grace. Grace. We sung about it a couple times already this morning. You heard Jeremy mention it in his prayer. Grace is for all of those who can't help themselves. Us. People. Offered by God's grace. John Wesley thought about the work of grace in our lives this way. And this ought to sound familiar to a lot of you. So I'm going quickly. There is provenient grace. Which draws us to the Lord before we even are aware that that grace is working in our lives. But God reaches into our hearts from the beginning and draws us toward the Lord. Prevenient grace. Grace that goes before us and works in us before we're aware of it. We can't cause that to happen. We can't help ourselves get ready to feel drawn to the Lord. That's the work of God's Spirit in us. That's grace. Then there's justifying grace that brings us into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't help ourselves in that area either. We can't do it. Grace, God's work in us, the free gift of God through Christ. Then there's the work of, of sanctifying grace, the continuing work of God in us once we've accepted Christ as Savior. The work of grace molding us more and more into the image of Christ. We can't make that happen. We're helpless to do that. We can yield to that work. We can surrender to that work. 
But we can't do the work. That's the work of God's grace. None of these steps or phases of God's work in us include any way for us to help ourselves in the things that matter. You know, some people believe they have to help themselves get to a better place, become a better person before they can ever choose to be a Christian. We can't. We cannot do that for ourselves. We need a Savior. We need justifying grace. Some people believe after they've become a Christian, they have to work really hard and make themselves learn and grow and become stronger and better as a follower of Christ. Again, we can surrender to that work of God in our lives, but we can't do that. We can't make ourselves stronger, better, more faithful, more like Christ. That's grace working in us that brings that about. It is the work of God by sanctifying grace. There is no point in our spiritual journey at which we can say, God helps those who help themselves because we cannot help ourselves. We can't help ourselves to develop and grow in a relationship with Christ. We can't help ourselves navigate the journey as followers of Christ in good times and difficult times. We can't help ourselves in dealing with all that life throws at us as disciples of Christ. We simply cannot help ourselves. We can't be good enough, strong enough, smart enough, deserving enough to help ourselves. We just can't. We can't help ourselves receive God's gift of salvation. We can't help ourselves be sustained in our life as a follower of Jesus Christ. This is not a self-serve life. It's not a self-service spiritual world we're being invited into. It's a time to receive what we can't generate ourselves to receive God's gift of salvation or the sustaining power of sanctifying grace once we've chosen to follow Christ. But understand, it's not a figure it out, I've got it all together, help ourselves. It is a free gift of God offered by grace to the helpless not those who help themselves. So if we've gotten hung up somewhere along the way and really bought in totally to the idea that God helps those who help themselves, we probably need to get past that. Because I believe... It's in total contradiction to Scripture. I think it's dead wrong. Instead, we're called to choose again today to be children of God who are constantly being bathed in grace. Not because we've earned it, not because we deserve it, but because you are the treasured children of God. Helpless. Children of God. God helps those who cannot help themselves. Freely, lovingly offering grace.
we sung about it. Amazing grace. God's free gift. God doing for us what we cannot do ourselves. Grace. Grace.